Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Real Estate Matters. For over nine and a half years, the voice of real estate in Flagler County in Palm Coast, Florida. I'm Toby Tobin, founder and publisher of GoToby.com, and I'm a Florida licensed commercial realtor with Grand Living Realty. And a shout out to those who make it possible, of Flagler County Home Builders Association, Klein Construction, American Village, that's a 55-plus community where I uh, reside now, and a non-paying sponsor, but I'd like to put a plug-in for Hammock Community Church, the little church in the hammock that does churching the way it used to be done. But a co- uh, my co-host, Walker Douglas, is not with us today, and he won't be with us next week. He takes more time off than our current president. Uh, but I do have someone to chuckle with here. That was Donald O'Brien. Donald is the is not only a county commissioner in Flagler County, but he's a CFO and an agent with Hayward Brown Insurance. And we'll leave politics out of today's discussion, but we will talk with Donald a lot about insurance because it's an important, very important topic. And I can always count on Don to be on our show and give us a straight skinny. Yeah, good morning, Toby. Thank you very much. It's, I look forward to good conversation. It's uh, And it's an important one. It's uh, There's so much about Florida that people don't understand or realize or appreciate. Uh, sometimes until they've been here some number of years even. Uh, I mean, even long-term residents don't necessarily understand homestead exemptions and save our homes. and the, they, they know the basics, but they don't understand the details. And the devil's always in the details. And, of course, uh, we've, we've had a reputation for years of being a great climate state and a low-tax state. And those are all true. I mean, Florida's one of the lowest uh, overall tax load states in the country. But uh, taxes are not the only thing that affects our cost of living, the cost of being someplace. So we'll talk about that. Just briefly, I'll go over January results. And <clears throat> it's we're recording this on Friday the 2nd. All of the numbers aren't in yet. It'll be another week before we'll have firmer numbers, but just some preliminary results from January. The number of homes sold. This is single-family residential homes sold through the Flagler County MLS system. The 153 homes sold this January versus 143 a year ago. So that's a 7.0% increase. Healthy. New homes sold out of that 153, 65 were new construction. So that continues our trend of probably having more newer homes sold than traditional existing homes because the inventory is just not there. For People still are not willing to walk away from a 3% mortgage to trade up to a 6.5% mortgage. As my wife and I are getting ready to do. <laughs> well, it, it, it's just a matter of time because, you know, we're not going back to 3%. No. Uh, not in my lifetime. Of course, in my lifetime, no, that's not saying much anymore. Uh, but 
some number of years, I hope. But I, I remember when I moved here in 2000, I got a 7% mortgage and I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. So we'll have to, that'll become the, the new normal, five between 5 and 8%. The median price for all sales in January is 380000 That's versus 359400 a year ago. So that's median price is up 5.7%. And that's one of the few times this year when year over year the monthly median price has actually gone up. It's typically down a little bit, very little bit, or, or even. Uh, the median price, interestingly, in the new home construction was 369.9. So the median price for new homes is below the median price for existing homes. And some of that is, is the mix. Uh, not all builders uh, run their sales through the MLS system. And those that do tend to be the larger production builders rather than the small uh, custom builders. And the custom builders are typically the ones that are building the more upscale, more expensive homes. So the median price of 380 overall versus 369 new construction. Total sales, that's the total dollar volume of all of the sales, 72.3 million this year versus 61 million same month a year ago. So that's up 18.5%. And that's probably more, more than the number of homes sold, uh, the true measure of the health of the market. Um, that's the industry gets paid on that number. And when you pay, whether it's a four or five or six or seven percent commission, that commission is times the selling price. So if this, uh, you have more dollars in the system, that's just more, uh, the closing companies, title companies, the real estate agents and brokers all end up to, to split their their piece of the pie based on the sales dollar volume. In January, there were eight homes that sold for a million or more, and half of those were for cash. You want to comment on that, Donnie? Uh, It doesn't seem unusual. I mean, I've always heard that uh, at the higher end, there's a lot of uh, cash cash investors and and buyers, so that doesn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. Um, I see it on our side when we... You know, when we quote in, uh, on the homeowner side, sometimes that uh, they're not there's no concern about a mortgage. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, there's the, there's an, Florida's the greatest beneficiary of the blue state to red state migration. Yeah, and which, which is driven a lot by well, when we opened the show, we talked about the climate and the taxes, and that that's that's been driving the market. For years, I mean, my parents have been gone for almost 25 years now, but they moved to Florida for those reasons, the mm-hmm. weather uh, and the uh, low taxes. Don't you think at the at the higher end, it's um, it's more about just repositioning an asset necessarily than mm-hmm. than you know just yeah. housing? Yeah, per se. I, I think so. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, the the stock market has been good to people for the last. Three years, certainly. 
And I think people are wondering how long it's going to, you know, maybe we're at a point to shift some of those dollars out of that asset. Uh, but one of the uh, tied to that is motivation to move to Florida. There are more reasons to move to Florida than there were when my parents did it. Uh, mm-hmm. My parents didn't move to Florida because uh, they were worried about their business being shut down by a COVID outbreak. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't worried about crime in the streets. I mean, as a kid, I grew up, uh, nobody in our in our family had a key to the house. It was, it was, <laughs> seriously, and, and yeah, that was sure. true of the neighborhood. And I grew up, uh, to be honest, in a small rural agricultural town, so mm-hmm. we're bound to be a little safer there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, crime wasn't an issue, uh, over-control wasn't an issue. Homelessness was not. Uh, we had a railroad track that went through town, and every once in a while, we call them hobos, the people that rode the rode the rail. And that, I mean, that was it. We didn't homelessness didn't exist. But yeah. of course, you know, when I was young, uh, it was right after the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Toby, not that, not that old. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, you know, when, when people move to Florida, they think about it being a lot cheaper in Florida because there's no state income tax. Uh, generally, taxes are lower. There's a uh, sales tax, which is not, it's probably in the mid-range of what sales taxes across the country are. But there are a couple areas where Florida is surprisingly high or expensive, and, and they, they both relate to insurance, which is why I asked you to be here today, mm-hmm. Donald. Uh, yeah. And by insurance, we'll, we'll talk more about homeowners insurance because this is a real estate show, but yeah. uh, automobile insurance uh, also is, uh, on, on the homeowner side, Florida is uh, kind of above average in, in homeowners insurance costs, but on the automobile side, they're they're the high, second highest state in the country for mm-hmm. automobile insurance. So let's, uh, in the interest of letting people know ahead of time so they don't move down here and, <laughs> and, and get pissed, because that does happen. Um, you know, it's like when they get their first real estate tax bill after uh, the homestead, they save our homes exemption went away from the previous owner. And somehow their realtor or somebody didn't discuss that with them, Toby. Yes, I know that. Uh, the industry does a very poor job of forewarning buyers of the, the total cost of living in Florida. And, and overall, if you look at the rankings overall, Florida is on the less expensive side overall cost of living. Yeah. You know, when you include taxes, insurance, and other related living expenses. So uh, people aren't making a mistake moving here on that basis, but they are sometimes surprised when they go to get their first, when they re-register the car in Florida and go to get auto insurance. Yeah, buy auto insurance, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, as a a discussion of what's driving that here in Florida, um, I think first thing I would say is, have you ever driven out there lately? (laughs) No. No. I I think that's probably everywhere, but 
you know, we, we, we certainly have our share of um, unsafe drivers. Uh, Florida is also notorious for uh, having uninsured drivers. Yeah, but, but is that, isn't that quite possibly linked to the cost of insurance? I mean, it's like there's a tail wagging the dog here because if, if you could afford insurance – yeah, most uh, people would would buy it, but if you can't afford it, then but you've got to get to your job, then you're an uninsured driver. I, I would say the problem's gotten more acute um, over the years because of the because of the cost. But it's but even even ten fifteen years ago, uh, folks driving without insurance. I think Florida was notorious for that, um, which is why it's so important to purchase. Uh, I, uh, uninsured motorist insurance or uh, underinsured motorist insurance. We could, you know, we could talk about that. But mm-hmm. just real quick, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, drivers of of high premiums in Florida, really comes down to basically three things. Uh, first off, is um, uh, the the cost to repair cars has has increased dramatically because of you know inflation, cost of materials, the supply chain crisis in terms of, you know, what it costs to to, to handle a claim, pay for a claim. Um, and um, there, there's also less availability. Uh, some of the larger carriers are, are constantly going, turning the spigot on and off in terms of whether they want to, you know, write policies. Um, and lastly, it's it's about litigation too. We just have tons mm-hmm. of of lawsuits mm-hmm. uh, in the state, you know, related to bodily injury and and property damage claims. So, mm-hmm. well, let's let's pick that up. We have to just take a break. Sure, Donnie, don't mm-hmm. go away, folks. We will be right back. Free for all Friday. You're looking at the cost of housing. You, know, you can just knock $21,000 right there in the city of Palm Coast. That's going to impact fees. Local voices. We're not just polishing what we have. We also have to begin preparing for what the future generations will want. I'm David Ayers. Join me and my co-host, Brian McMillan. Free for all Friday, following the news at 9 and Pierre's Reality Check. Right here on WNZF with streaming and podcasts on the Flagler Radio mobile app. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. This is Toby Tobin, and this is the second half of Real Estate Matters. I've got Donald O'Brien from Hayward Brown Insurance with me, and that's our main topic on today's show. And just before the break, we were talking about reasons why automobile insurance is high in Florida, and Florida actually ranks second highest of all states in the cost of insurance. Uh, I wanted... uh, and I think we could talk for a whole show about just that topic, but I want to get back to homeowners insurance because this is, after all, a real estate show. Sure. Um, the homeowners insurance, Florida ranks higher than the state or the national average, but it doesn't rank number one or number two. It's just reasonably high. And a lot of times people move here and they're shocked by the uh, they, they love the fact that there's no state income tax, but then they realize, why am I paying $2,000 more for my auto insurance or my homeowner's insurance than I paid up north or wherever you came from? So um, <clears throat> homeowner's insurance, I know that 
Uh, one of one of the reasons that homeowners insurance was high in the past is that there was a lot of litigation. Uh, it had to do with assignment of benefits and tended to focus mostly on what seemed to be a preponderance of fraud and roof repair. And uh, the legislature last year passed some new new laws that were aimed to fix that problem. They had a special session to tweak that. So how how is that moving forward, Donald? Do you think the the pig is mostly through the snake now or I know it's gonna take time to work through. Right. Yeah. Um yes. Every, everything that I've read and, and you know in talking with, with the company uh uh senior management and, and underwriters, uh, it seems as if, if it's uh, the – a lot of the fixes are starting to take hold, but as anything else, it just takes time to for them to flow through to the market. And, you know, it's the, the age-old issue of a supply and demand. If, if, uh, if we uh, increase the supply um, and we keep demand constant, then sooner or later, the prices should start to drop. Um, I mean, it's it's not that simple because of uh, some a lot of other factors like weather and and uh, uh, you know the, the housing stock and all those kinds of things. But the I think the state did a good job. The legislature did a good job um, in in twenty two and twenty three in addressing some of these bigger issues. It's just it's going to take some time for them to flow through and start to impact uh, all of our premiums. You know, on the on the the local level. So, um, you know, things like you mentioned uh, assignment of benefit forms, you know, th- those are now uh, pretty much outlawed. Uh, so uh, that was a, a huge cost of uh, a huge contributed to the to the increases in premiums and the losses that the carriers uh, had faced. You know, I, I, some some quick things Be- between 22, 21, 22 and 23, you uh, the the homeowners carriers in Florida had um, almost three consecutive years of, of net underwriting losses over a billion dollars. So you know, with insurance company, it's pretty simple. You know, you collect a dollar, and if you pay out more than a dollar in claims, uh, you're you have a loss. The loss has to come from somewhere. So you have to you, collect more. You have to collect higher, more higher rates. Right, and and it, it's. So, so that's that's one issue right there. Um, if we're if if they hadn't collected enough premium to pay for the claims, then they're going to have to collect more premium to make it up. Um, and and if the claims were inflated because we had such a fraudulent uh, environment with these assignment of benefit and roof claims, um, you know, if they weren't inflated, then we wouldn't have had. The amount of dollars paid out in uh, in net claims over the over the last few you know mm-hmm. five years or so. Well, we come here and we you build a new home and and the roof has a thirty year warranty on it, but after fifteen insurance company won't renew your policy because, I mean that's that's a fact. Yeah, that's true, uh, and, and it was actually worse than that. But that's one of the legislative fixes that the mm-hmm. the insurance company cannot not renew you if you have a roof that's less than 15 years old. So because some in the early stages of this of this crisis the carriers were basically going into neighborhoods and just lining out neighborhoods and saying we're just not going to write in those neighborhoods because 
we you know we we know what the roof ages are, and even we don't want to be on a risk that's twelve or thirteen or fourteen year old roof. So because they they know once they're on it, they're going to stay on it. So well, if 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 you're considering buying a home, and mm-hmm. whether it's an existing home or a new home. Mm-hmm. You you have decisions. I mean, you have yes. a choice of of <clears throat> homes to to buy. You can buy one with a hip roof uh, or a gable roof. Uh, you can buy one that's frame construction, one that's block construction. Uh, to what extent do these decisions affect your homeowner's insurance? Because I suspect they have some effect. Big effect. Uh, I, yeah. I know the gable roof versus hip roof does. Yeah, hip roof is is cheaper to insure than the gable roof, um, and then how the you know how the um, the trusses are tied down uh, and secured to to the house, and, and how the how the the nailing pattern of the of the of the plywood on on top of the trusses, and, and that All, would that would relate to uh, just as a rule of thumb when the house was built, as so was it under the the code, the early two thousands code, right, or prior to that, right. It, on the on the wind mitigation side, which is what we're talking about here, to to get the maximum credits, uh, basically it's on a house that was constructed prior to two thousand and two. Um, that's where there's the most impact. Um, so if you if you have one of those homes and you haven't had a wind mitigation inspection done, it's important to get it. You get them done now, even though the house is older, because you might find in there you know some of the depending on how the house is built uh there might be some good credits that are available you know on your homeowner's policy so um that pro- that program's been in in existence for a long time and even how many years uh 15 years maybe but a lot of people just didn't take advantage of it haven't taken advantage of it what about the difference between block and frame because it's interesting because we're we're on the block frame boundary, north-south boundary right here. If you go south of Flagler County, predominantly new construction is block. If you go north, predominantly it's frame. Yes, uh, and those Jacksonville builders are bringing frame down here. Yes, they are. You know, mm-hmm. Holiday and mm-hmm. – and, and, uh, and the national builders too. Sh- like yeah, absolutely. Morton. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean my son lived in Jacksonville and I would just be amazed. You, you drive up there and you see apartment complex after apartment complex and new single families all frame – construction mm-hmm. uh, but there's so. a whether it's real or not there's a perceived value difference between frame and, and block I, I was just talking to a builder the other day and their clients have a definite preference towards block because they just think it's it's better but they're both block and frame are adhering to the same building code it's wind load and all of those but right from an from an insurance homeowners and insurance standpoint i don't see much difference on new frame and new block non-coastal so if you're you know west of 95 um there's not much of uh, of a difference that i can see in in terms of uh overall homeowners premium it's 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 small but if if it's coastal flag la beach uh there's there's a big difference between frame and, and block in terms of premiums so and I, you know, without without going into uh, details on the filings and how these carriers, you know, ask to have their rates set by the state, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a discussion for another day. Yeah. So. Okay. But if you were going to build a custom home and mm-hmm. talking to both a builder and an architect, uh, mm-hmm. 
you really ought to have that discussion. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because it, yeah. It, it'll, it's once you make that decision, it's in perpetuity. It is. Yeah, yes, sir. You're not likely to change your roof line. No, no. Down the road because of insurance. Premiums. But you can get someone to, you know, I, I do them all the time. So people call me and I'll do what we call a what if quote just to kind of give them an idea of what the difference is based on what they think they might look at for construction. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. so what do you think going forward? Do you see everything that I read tells me that, and, and this is national too, this isn't just uniquely Florida, that uh, auto insurance rates and homeowners insurance rates are going to be climbing. Um, last year we had increases of about 42% in the homeowners market. Uh, we're looking at probably double-digit increases for 2024, and then I'm really hoping, and I think the industry is too, that things start to level off after that. Um, uh, you know, again, but we have issues. We had three hurricanes in the last two years. Uh, we... Um, we still have high reinsurance rates, and uh, I guess the most <laughs> promising thing I read in the last ninety days was uh, there's five new carriers or six new carriers. Yeah, I just I just looking at my notes. Florida, according to Florida Trend Magazine, there's six new insurance companies under the Florida market. Yeah, and they'll be riding here uh, as 2024 ramps up. So that should help. It should help. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, we're running out of time. Uh, yep. I'll be back next week. I hope you all will be here, too. Donald, thank you so much for being here. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. You're a fount of insurance information uh, and a great access for all of us. Thank, thank you, Thank you. I'm Toby Tobin, and I approve this show. <laughs> <laughs>